Welcome to Global Dispatches, a podcast about world affairs and the people who shape it. I'm your host, Mark Leon Goldberg, editor of UN Dispatch, and in this show we discuss topical global issues and have in-depth conversations with personalities in foreign policy. Global Dispatches is presented in partnership with Humanity in Action, an international educational organization, and I am a Humanity in Action senior fellow. My guest today, Maggie Berenkitze, is the founder of Maison Shalom, an orphanage and school that was created in Burundi in the wake of the civil war there in the 1990s. Like in neighboring Rwanda, the conflict in Burundi involved acts of genocide pitting ethnic groups against each other. The conflict came to Maggie's town on October 24, 1993. At the time, Maggie was working as a secretary in the local Catholic diocese in her hometown of Ryugi, Burundi. What happened next was an act of unspeakable cruelty, and I'm going to read directly from the description of events that's posted on the website of Maison Shalom. Quote, In the autumn of 1993, an atmosphere of uneasiness had settled over the country. In Ryugi, disaster struck on 24 October to exact vengeance for the killing of members of their ethnic group. The Tutsi hunted down the town's Hutus, who were hiding in the diocese buildings. Maggie was also there. She tried to reason with a group of Tutsi driven mad by hatred. She tried to convince them not to use violence. Her efforts were in vain. To punish her for what they considered a betrayal on the part of a Tutsi sister, they decided to strip her and tie her to a chair. They forced her to remain in that position and watch as they set fire to the diocese building to force those hiding there to come out. Then they mercilessly hacked her friends to death with machetes. As Maggie tells me, it was this experience that led her to create an oasis of peace and hope in the midst of such conflict and tumult. Today, Maison Shalom has served tens of thousands of children since its founding. Unfortunately, Maggie today lives as a refugee in Rwanda. She was forced to flee Burundi after she spoke out against an illegal power grab by the country's president, Pierre Nkurunziza. But even from Rwanda, Maggie is continuing her mission and has established a Maison Shalom there to serve refugees and others in Rwanda. For her work, Maggie was awarded the Aurora Prize for Awakening Humanity, which is a $1 million prize awarded to individuals who commit extraordinary acts of humanity. The prize is awarded by the Aurora Humanitarian Initiative, which is founded by the descendants of survivors of the Armenian Genocide. And a few weeks ago, I published my conversation with Nubar Afian, who is one of the co-founders of this initiative. Nubar and others suggested I speak with Maggie, and I am so very glad I did. Uh, As you'll see, English is not her first language, but I think you will agree that the language she speaks and the messages she conveys in these conversations are are truly universal. I caught up with Maggie while she was in New York for a conference hosted by the Aurora Humanitarian Initiative. And now here is my conversation with Maggie Berenkitze. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? 
Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Alors, on va parler en français, hein? Uh, non, en anglais, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> Je ne peux pas parler français oui. couramment. Je suis désolé. <laughs> oui, ça fait rien. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask questions in French and I will try to answer in English. Oh, my okay. French is not I, that we well. We will try. Okay, okay. Yes. Okay, okay. So, well, thank you for doing it. Just to start, can you tell me what you are doing in New York right now? And what was the yeah. conference yesterday? Uh, yes, it was uh, our experience why we stood up, why we uh, we decided never to give up. And uh, our experience, my personal experience in uh, saving the lives for thousands and thousands children in my country after atrocities. Then it was, yes, to show that it's possible to continue, yes, because we have enough love in our heart that uh, it's always love who take the last word. That, that's a, a beautiful sentiment. Um, can you tell, tell me your story? Tell my listeners uh, your story. Uh, first, where were you born? I was born in the east of Burundi in a, small, a very small village called Ruigi. Uh, yes, uh, I was born uh, before the independence in uh, 1956. And what did your, your parents do when you were born for a living? Well, my parents were farmers, and, but uh, my father worked with a Belgian, uh, um, yes, um, in the post in uh, my hometown, but uh, he died when I was only five years old, and my mom was young, very young, 24 years old. But I live uh, with my grandfather, my family, aunts, uncles. I didn't really feel that I was orphaned because uh, I was uh, with uh, my family, and uh, I got many tenderness and uh, love with my family. And, uh, okay, <laughs> yes. And, and, and uh, did you become a, a teacher? Is that right? Yes, I became a teacher. Yes, I, I began my primary school in my hometown. It was a Catholic uh, school. And I continue my, uh, my secondary school in the main town in Bujumbura, in uh, also a Catholic uh, uh, secondary school, and uh, in 1972, when the first massacres began in Burundi, I was uh, shocked, and then I asked to my mom if I can't 
really uh, changed the school and uh, became a teacher because my dream was how I can teach love and compassion to my children. But unfortunately, when I was uh, a teacher, I began to denounce the social injustice. And then uh, the government decided I, I can't continue to be a teacher, but uh, I, I was um, uh, full of conviction that I can continue my dreams. Then I began to adopt, it, uh, to, to adopt children. Uh, my first adoptive uh, child was a, a very young um, uh, children, uh, and uh, she was a Protestant. I am Catholic. She was a Hutu. I am uh, a Tutsi. She came from south. I come from east. All the conflict in Burundi, but I want to show that uh, the conflict in Burundi was not uh, ethnic conflict. It was a bad governance. Then I began uh, yes, my dreams to continue. I went to live in my village, and after I went, uh, I want I changed. I went to learn in uh, France in Lourdes for Bible because I want uh, to to understand why Burundians continue to uh, kill each others. Why the leaders are so bad, uh, uh, have stupidity. And I want to change where I live. Then I, I passed three years to learn Bibles. And I, I come back. I began to teach religion in a secondary school. But unfortunately, again, um, the, the, they, uh, there was no, they forbidden uh, religion in the secondary school. I lost again my job. <laughs> But I continue again. I um, I went in Switzerland. I learned uh, uh, how to business in uh, a commercial school. They they it, it sounds like every time you try to become a teacher, the government or some other forces take that uh, away from you. But nobody can stop love. Nobody can stop the dreams or conviction. I know who can stop you. It's yourself. It's not around us, surrounding us. The families, the society can judge you. But if you you see you have a vision, it's a, it's a what uh, my my life was like that. It's a what I have discovered in my experience. Why is it, do you think, that you uh, hold these strong convictions? Because uh, my mom inspired me how we can always uh, continue our conviction. Because uh, during the massacres in uh, Burundi in 1972, I said to my mom that I don't want to continue the the school because there is no compassion. There is uh, they we are all Catholic, uh, Christian, but uh, we don't show compassion to other people. Then again, 
Hello? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm here, yes. Yes. And then she, uh, she told me, be a candle in darkness. Continue your conviction. And this is inspired me when I have uh, obstacles that uh, I must continue my dream. I must continue uh, my conviction and reach what I want. Yeah. Um, in October of 1993, uh, what, yes. were, what were you doing? What was your, your job at the time? In 1993, I was the secretary of the Catholic bishop. I work in the bishop uh, house and uh, also that I have some, some hours in uh, the in the office for the, the development of the diocese. And then uh, when the massacres began, I live in, I work in the bishop house, but I, uh, I live in my village, my home, in my hometown. Uh, and then I, I have uh, my seven children that I had adopted. And uh, then when the massacres, uh, began. Unfortunately, they killed uh, 60 people, members of my family. I was obliged to leave my, uh, my village with my seven children because nobody wants me. The, when I tried to follow Hutu, the Hutu said, you are Tutsi, we can't hide you. It's very dangerous if we go in Tanzania with you. When I followed the Tutsi, they said, where well, we, we can hide your, uh, your Hutu children. Then I went in the bishop house where I was. And so you basically hid in place. You stayed, you stayed where you were. Yeah. Uh, um, when the, uh, the people that I know came to revenge, I was there. I recognized them. Then I tried uh, to stop them to kill because I said, it's Sunday and we are all Christian. How you will be able to kill your brothers and sisters? But they didn't listen to me. They tired me and they killed the uh, 72 people and I must pay that they can't uh, kill children. And this is how I began Maison Shalom, House of Peace, because I was, I feel that I can continue because the children that I protected, they were Hutu and Tutsi. And this can be a new generation, a new generation of Burundian who will be able to break this cycle of violence. This is, was my vision. It was, a, I didn't create an orphanage. No, I want uh, that those children who were victims of massacres, genocide, to be uh, the, uh, the actor to restore the lives of uh, Burundi and to show that it's possible to stand up and uh, to create compassion and love.
how did these orphaned children find you uh, initially? They didn't find me because I, uh, I was with their parents. The first 25 children were with their parents and their, some of them, the parents were my colleagues, mm. like Juliette, the mother of Lydia and Lisette was mm. my colleague who gave me her two daughters and they looked at me and said, Maggie, can you uh, uh, raise my two daughters uh, as a, like a mom? I said to her, Juliette, nobody can replace a mother, but I will try. If I still in life, I will raise Lydia and Lisette, not only Lydia and Lisette, the other children who will be victims of the hatred. And then uh, I began like that, but I was thinking it's only massacres, not uh, because massacres became genocide after, after it was uh, 12 years of uh, a severe war from 25 children, uh, 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 children, I, I got so many children, more than 30,000 children passed through our structures, infrastructures, and then I built, I don't think, I don't know how I, I, I continue because many people joined me, many friends from Germany, from Belgium, from France, came to, to help me. And we realized together as a community, as a, a human family, to rebuild the lives of those children. And uh, in 2012, 80% of my staff were, were former children of Maison Shalom. Hmm. So there, there's been a, a generation that has gone through the Maison Shalom yes. at this point. So how, yes. I, I guess maybe my, my question is, how was it that you were able to increase the capacity of Maison Shalom from those initial 25 children from your own village to you know, 30,000 children throughout the the country. Even me, I don't know. Because when I took children, I have a confidence. I know always when people ask me how you, you, you were able to, to, through those atrocities from 25 children and reach 30,000 children, First, I must say, it's not me, like as a Maggie, as a, a, a very humble woman. But because many journalists first came and, uh, and realized what I was doing, and they make uh, uh, many reports, and uh, then um, uh, uh, many organizations, for example, dot. Uh, German Caritas, they came and they wanted to, to help me, the other organization. And um, 
first I was thinking I will trace those children in their origin families. But the war continued. I got uh, uh, victim, children victims of the genocide of Rwanda. Then I took Rwanda's children. In 1996, I got Congolese children and other Rwandese children. In uh, 1997, because the rebellion, Hutu rebellion began to, to, to attack, then I got child soldiers. After I got uh, at, um, AIDS children, street children. And like that, every morning I was inspired how I can create not oftenness, but how I can transform the lives of those children in something extraordinary. Uh, inside, you see, it was hatred, how I can show the love and the uh, light in darkness. And then uh, I see how we can transform this life. I see that children need love. Then I must trust them in their origin families because children need their families. When I went in their origin families, I see that they were very poor. They need medical care. Then I built hospital. But the people were in ignorance. They need a cinema. And after where I have seen many bodies, um, I think I must wash the town. And I build a swimming pool hmm. with a UNICEF and other things. And I uh, build cooperatives for agriculture and microfinance. Because love makes us inventors. <laughs> yes. If you stand up, people will join you. Right now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you yourself are, are living as a refugee in Rwanda. Is that correct? Yes. After the government, with, uh, what uh, hurt me so, uh, so much with the international community. Burundi suffer with this president, Nkurunziza, mm -hmm. who is a, a criminal. But uh, we try to denounce without hatred. And then when he began to kill in 2015, I went in the, in the TV, I began to denounce what happened in Burundi. Then they want to kill me. I was obliged to flee my country. I went in Luxembourg. But when I arrived in Luxembourg, I explained to my friends who helped Mezo Shalom for my time. They were agree that they will continue to help me. Then I, I went in Rwanda as a refugee to help other refugees. And then I began there again to build a community center. And fortunately, with the Aurora Prize, I can rebuild 
and also restore new lives for all those uh, students who freed the country. So you, so so, just for my listeners who don't know the history, in 2015, the president of Burundi, Pierre Nkurunziza, uh, went for a power grab for an unconstitutional third term in office, and there were protests on the street, and prominent people like yourself denounced the move and were forced to to yes. flee the country. Uh, right now, yes. in in Burundi today, is Maison Shalom in operation? Yes, he closed all the count bank bank account, mm. and he took he closed the hospital. Even the children died mm. in a, in a, in in the hospital because he closed. He took uh, the the electricity, and uh, he we can't have money uh, to buy the medicine because he took all the money, and uh, they oblige uh, everything, schools. I, I was going to open universities, and uh, all the things, microfinance, uh, projects, uh, cooperatives, everything, even uh, the medical school. And the people are dying. Even all those children are dying. I mean, do you regret making a political stance? To regret? Do I do? Do you have regrets going on TV and and denouncing the president? No, no. Even now, even in Canada, I went. I will. I I can't. I can't keep silence because if I keep silence, it means I support him. Hmm. And this is also the mistake of the international community because uh, they are keeping silence when people are dying. When it will be too late, they will, now they will not say we didn't know, like in the genocide in Rwanda. Now they know. Now they know every UN agency, all UN agency, they know mm -hmm. what happened in Burundi. They make uh, UN uh, uh, human uh, rights, make a report. They know what happened in Burundi. Then I will not regret because we, it's a duty to denounce when they kill our brothers and sisters. It's not uh, just to, to, to denounce, but we must make acts and go and show what is wrong in this world. Hmm. We are the, the, the human uh, uh, family. Yes, we are one family. If we keep silence, then also we support this uh, killer. So in, in Rwanda right now, um, can you describe what your um, operations look like, what, how many children you're serving, and, and what projects that you're doing? Oh, it's a very... Uh, because now we open uh, many, uh, yes, uh, 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 projects. When I got the Aurora Prize, I was able to help many students 
to uh, to return to uh, to to go uh, to return back to university for example we have uh, 363 uh, students who are supported to return in the university in Rwanda 10 are in France and we have also microfinance we support women around 10 uh, around 1000 women are helped uh, in the micro credit we have uh, also in the mahama camp where where there are 64000 uh, burundian refugee we, we support stud uh, students and also secondary school and vocational training we also help uh, we have uh, uh, we create a community center that we call oasis of peace where or even Congolese and Rwandese can come. We have a vocational training in culinary and in sewing. They can sew and they can learn. There is a place for children and we have a restaurant. We, we make, we, we try, this place is a healing, um, how to say, place uh, for all those who are tortured, or the women who are raped, they can come for a healing, a healing memories. A place where we can dream a new Burundi. And this is my challenge. I want to show to the Burundian also government that we will never give up. We know that love will... Uh, uh, um, We'll take the last word, always. And for people who listen to our conversation and are inspired by you and your work, what's the best way that, that they can help you and, and help your cause and, and help your organization? For example, we need that uh, this area where we, uh, we are uh, trying to, to gather all those people this community center, we would like to buy this place. And if some, uh, some families or organization can support us, we can buy and transform really the lives of those young people. Because each month I must pay more than uh, 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 $5,000 for to rent that, mm. but uh, we can buy this place. And also they can uh, support students because 1,000 students now, they still waiting for, to, to, for help to go back to university. If they can help us for a student, for example, for one year, they can uh, uh, support it's uh, on, uh, for example, vocational training. We need uh, for one uh, for one year. We need one thousand dora, and for secondary school, we need five hundred dora for one year. For university, we need two thousand dora, and for nursery, we need uh, seven. A hundred dollars, and for to support a woman for 
micro uh, for uh, a livelihood for a family, we need 500 dora. And if people can say, I will support a woman, they know what they can do. I, I, I want, I wish to support a student, they know. And we will change the world. Why not? We are one human family. Well, Maggie, thank you. And I'll, I'll post a, a link where people can uh, make those contributions uh, if they're so inspired. Yes, they can go to our website, for example, mm-hmm. and see Maison Shalom. Yeah. Thank well, you. Well, Shalom. 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 Okay, merci, Maggie. That was, this was, that was excellent. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you so, so much to Maggie for speaking with me and and for the folks at the Aurora Humanitarian Initiative for facilitating this conversation. As I said, obviously, it was very, very powerful, but I think you will have left this conversation moved. I will, of course, leave links to Maison Shalom on the website. And if you are so moved, I'd encourage you to to chip in a, a few shekels. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the policies or positions of humanity in action.